Hey, everybody. Welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie podcast. My name is Eugene Driscoll. I'm a reporter with ValleyIndie.org. That's an online newspaper covering Ansonia, Derby, and Seymour in Connecticut's lower Naugatuck Valley. So I'm recording this on Friday, by the way, to post Sunday night. Let's keep that in mind because things can change in two days, you know, in the, in the local news world. But anyway, there are a bunch of really important meetings coming up in Ansonia and Derby specifically. And I just want to take a moment to go over them. Uh, first, I want to tell people about a workshop that's coming up sponsored by the Valley Community Foundation. That's in Derby. The foundation's in Derby. The workshop's online. The foundation is sponsoring a workshop on diversity, equity, and inclusion scheduled for Tuesday, September 21st. It's titled The Groundwater Approach. Workshop will be held online, like I said, from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Tuesday. Workshop is free, being run by the Racial Equity Institute. Registration info can be found under Extra Extra on valleyindy.org or search Groundwater Approach, the Valley Independent Sentinel search box on our homepage. Okay, so that workshop is Tuesday, like I said, but the day before, on Monday, September 20th, the Ansonia Planning and Zoning Commission has scheduled a number of public hearings. The meetings themselves will be held on Zoom, assuming you have the Zoom app installed, and you should, right? The, uh, according to the City of Ansonia website, the meeting ID is 874-4473-3855. Again, check this on the City of Ansonia website before. Don't, don't just rely on this because things can change. Passcode 06401, which is the zip code, I'm told, in, in Ansonia. All right, so first up, marijuana. The first public hearing is scheduled for 6.30 p.m. Monday. It's a moratorium on recreational marijuana, although it seems to be a bit more. Uh, you, can re re you can read, excuse me, precisely what the city is up to by visiting City of Ansonia website. Try to navigate the countless number of uh, drop-down menus. It's a little tricky, but you want to go to the Planning and Zoning Commission, and then they have all their agendas and a bunch of stuff posted. Uh, if you're reading this, story form, or if you're seeing this on the Valley Indy website, it'll be in a link under this video. So let me see here. I actually have it up right now. Let's go to the amendments. We'll read about what this is. Uh, it's rock crushing. Talk about that in a second. But uh, all right, recreational uh, marijuana moratorium. The uh, proposed zoning text change amendment, the intent is to prohibit the processing or acceptance of any and all applications related to a recreational marijuana use within city limits of Ansonia. The moratorium will enable the commission time to review and consider if or how such a use may be integrated into the city and its zoning regulations. Right, so uh, marijuana has been legalized to a certain extent in uh, the state of Connecticut. That happened within the last few months in states, or I'm sorry, cities and municipalities around the state are all enacting these moratoriums to uh, figure out how they want to incorporate marijuana, whether it be the growth or the sale or what have you, into their zoning regulations. So they're not saying right now they're, no, you can't, but it's, they're, they're, they're getting ready. It's bureaucrats. Uh, that's kind of mean, but it's a bureaucratic way to get ready uh, for this new rule. So uh, that's, that's that. That's the marijuana one. At 6.45 p.m., the Ansonia Planning and Zoning Commission will hold a public hearing on a zone text amendment concerning hotels and motels, which was a hot topic a few months ago 
in front of the Anzoni, Ansonia P and Z when a developer wanted to open basically a rest stop with a gas station and motel at the former JJ Sullivan's. Uh, I'm, I'm pointing, yeah, because of where my house is, it's over, it's actually over that way, on Wakely Avenue. Public came out heavy against that proposal. And then the city of Ansonia uh, joined itself. The government joined uh, with the public in opposition to that thing, and it was withdrawn. So uh, again, uh, go to the city of Ansonia website under Ansonia Planning and Zoning to find the uh, exact amendments. But uh, from what I can tell, so right now, and I believe this is in the commercial zone, hotels and motels can submit a site plan if you want to build one you submit a site plan for the P and Z to review. They want to change that. They're talking about changing that to become a, you would need a special permit from a special permit. You'd have to get a, a, apply for a special permit and get that approved before you could move forward with a hotel or motel in a, in a, in a, and I assume a commercial zone. And I believe the intent here is to give city, namely the commissioners on the Ansonia planning and zoning commission, some more control over where these things can go and how they'd be laid out and what happens at a motel or a hotel. Anyway, and again, that comes on the heels of a very controversial subject. All right, so, okay, the third public hearing, again, this is Monday, September 20th. This one's at 7 p.m. It's a public hearing on a zone text amendment. That means, you know, zoning is what governs land use. It dictates what you can and cannot do on a piece of land, right? And it, de it designates, this is commercial, you could build retail here, this is residential, single family. That's what a zoning is, right? So they're talking about a, a text amendment, they're talking about tweaking, changing their language, their rules uh, in some way. And this would add the term rock crushing to heavy industrial zones in Ansonia. Let me see if I can go through this and please bear with me. I meant to share my screen and all that, but I I'm too dumb. So you're just gonna have to like, stare at my ugly mug for the next half hour. All right, so this involves Burns Materials. That's a company on Riverside Drive that operates a rock crusher. Residential neighbors do not like it. They've complained about noise, dust, major annoyance essentially to the quality of life and to their property values, they say. The neighbors have hired an attorney that attorney says rock crushing is not permitted in Ansonia because rock crushing is not listed anywhere in the city zoning code. If it's not listed, it's not allowed, according to the neighbor's attorney. Property owner Burns Construction, they have their own lawyer. He says rock crushing is permitted in Ansonia. Uh, and that's actually, that attorney is actually the one who wrote this proposed zoning text amendment that adds rock crushing along with a series of parameters to the zoning code. So the PNZ Monday, 7 p.m., September 20th, is holding a public hearing to add rock crushing to the zoning regulations. And it's written by an attorney for a company that is doing rock crushing. The city's corporation council also said rock crushing is allowed because the materials being crushed do not originate on site. City's Corporation Council again said the zone text change under consideration is a good compromise, balancing the concerns of the neighbors with the rights of the business. Now, neighbors strongly disagree with, what ha with what's happening. The Valiani received a letter this week from a bunch of Democratic candidates 
for the Board of Aldermen, all the women who've come out uh, against this. I wrote a rather detailed story a few weeks back uh, about the, the legal issues involved. So please give that a read. I think it was, was okay. Connecticut Post recently did a story that included some of the more the political response because we're, we're in an election year. Uh, this ward may be in play, possibly. It's, 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 it's represented right now by, by two Republicans, but you know there are neighbors uh, upset from what I've heard about what's happening. There are petitions circulating and all that. So the Post article kind of looked a little bit more at the political side of what's going on. Two neighbors I've interviewed and, and of course their attorney they're worried that the city's already sided with Burns Construction and that this may be to some extent a, 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 you know, a formality that it's already sort of a done deal. Uh, and then just this week, I'll try to quickly go over this. I, social media, I think, you know, I, it's, it's the Valley Indy lifeblood, but it also, they're, they're, they just go off on tangents. But so I'll try real quick, two neighbors, I know I said that already, on social media, uh, Mayor Cassetti, using his personal account on Facebook, got into it a little bit with uh, Ansonia's William Lineski uh, on this subject on Thursday. Lineski had posted a comment, and this is on one of the Ansonia message boards, uh, not officially affiliated with the city. But uh, Lineski was saying that, hey, rock crushing, if they allow this, could result in a lawsuit if people fall ill because of the pollution generated from, from rock crushing. The mayor responded that American Brass and Farrells were operating for, for generations. Uh, no one complained, and there was smashing and noise going on all the time in the heavy industrial zone, plus you know black smoke coming out of the smoke tax, uh, stacks. Uh, in a second post, Cassetti pointed out that DEEP, that's the Department of Energy and Environmental Protection, has been to Burns Construction to, to inspect it, to check it out, and according to the mayor, found no evidence of air pollution. And again, this is sort of a tangent, but I actually have a communication from deep about an inspection they did in late August. And I'll just read this to you. Uh, deep made several attempts to conduct an unannounced inspection of this plant. However, each time we visited, the plant was not operating. During these visits, we did observe that water sprays were installed throughout the plant. But again, we wanted to see the plant in operation. And our understanding was that the facility did not maintain regular operating hours. Therefore, again, this is deep. We decided the best course of action would be to coordinate a scheduled inspection of the plant for a time when we were reasonably sure it would be operating. That inspection occurred on Wednesday, August 25th. While scheduling this type of inspection is clearly not ideal, doing so enabled us to observe the plant in operation and to determine if it was capable of meeting state and federal fugitive dust standards. Getting into the weeds, but bear with me here. Deep says, during the inspection on 825, we observed that the source was using adequate wet suppression methods. That means sprinklers, water plumbed to crushers to comply with standards, including applicable prohibitions on the emission of dust beyond the facility's fence line and to the opacity of dust emissions from the crushers and associated conveyance equipment. So that's, that's a positive for, for burns there that you have deep saying that stuff looks good. We also observed that the facility appeared to be in compliance, appeared to be in compliance with deep's air quote, permit by rule requirements for rock crushing operations. So burns there uh, passed a, a bunch of inspections, got the, uh, got, got like the green check marks. We also observed, oh, I already said that we did, however, 
discover several violations of the federal new source performance standard for non-metallic mineral processing plants. And then it references a, a, a specific part of the federal code, including violations of performance testing, monitoring slash self-inspection and notification requirements. I believe, I'm not an expert on this and I have not had time to call deep or look into the federal uh, uh, code. I believe this has to do with equipment, maintaining some procedures that you have to, that govern your, your equipment you're using. Uh, back to the email. This will be addressed through the issuance of a notice of violation. So that's a that's like a, a red flag. They got they got a, a notice of violation. It's sort of like a ticket. Uh, and my staff will continue to follow up with the source to ensure a timely return to compliance. Concerns about hours of operation and noise should be handled through the municipality. Our hope expectation is that Burns will continue to use the same dust suppression methods observed during our inspection to limit the opacity of dust emissions, prevent the emission of near ground level dust beyond the facility's fence line, and ultimately avoid a public nuisance. Again, that's a sort of a green check for the operation. Likewise, our hope expectation is that the performance testing and monitoring requirements in the triple zero standard will encourage Burns to maintain its wet suppression equipment in good repair, which is critical to achieve ongoing compliance and dust opacity requirements. Okay, so sorry about all that, but that's all happening in Sonia, Monday, September 20th, starting at 6.30 p.m. All right, let's all take a deep breath together. Take a look at Derby's municipal calendar. Derby has a uh, planning and zoning commission meeting scheduled for uh, Tuesday, 7 p.m. This is on Zoom as well. Go to the City of Derby website, click meetings or their calendar, and you can uh, find the date, September 21st. Click it, get all the Zoom info you need. But one of the things on there, they're having a public hearing on the Cedar Village Minerva Square. What is that, you ask? Well, apparently it's a whole bunch of apartments. 6771 Minerva was a dump for the longest time. If you went out the uh, sort of back entrance of Sterling Plaza there, where uh, Retro Grub, is that what it's called? Retro, Retro, the bar. If you go out the back thing, right across the street was this like hulking pit of land uh, that sat, sat vacant for years. I believe it was on the blight list, but it's a redevelopment. It's being proposed to be redeveloped into, let me see if I can find what exactly it is. Now, as of Friday, there was no specific information on the city website which is a site plan or a statement of use type thing or some type of narrative I can share with you. But the agenda itself says multifamily housing, 90 units, 39 studio units, 51 one bedroom units. So it's continuing this trend that we're seeing in Derby, Elizabeth Street, uh, the uh, old uh, AT&T building is being converted from office to apartments. And now just like a block over a long, vacant, dumpy property is being redeveloped into 90 units of housing, uh, one bedroom and studio. So in that type of housing is transit oriented. And it's gonna, I'm sure, you know, they're, they're going to say it's not marketed towards families because they don't want to add to the school system because Derby can barely afford it school. So anyway, that the public hearing is coming up. Uh, 7 p.m. It also involves 147 Caroline Street. And I believe, I didn't double check this and I should have, but that's 
was, I believe that was a municipal parking lot across the street from this location, like going down, you know, you've got like Elizabeth Street, then Minerva, uh, then Caroline, and then you got like the hill and the police department on Water Street. So on, on Caroline Street, there was a, a municipal lot that I don't think was, was ever used. Um, so I think that's going to incorporate some parking in there. So you got a redevelopment project happening on Minerva Street uh, in Derby, long story short. There's also, there's also they're, they're creating a special design district, something I've been talking about. I don't have time to get into it. Oh, and Home Depot's on the agenda. Uh, if you remember, there's a couple of stories. Derby got kind of ticked off when Home Depot went in there and clear cut their grass on Main Street there. Uh, and I know all the comments were like, well, look at the other side. It's a, it's a, it's a no man's land. But, you know, uh, as part of their approvals, Home Depot was supposed to uh, maintain the, uh, the grassway there to be a buffer between uh, the road and the back where the loading dock is because Home Depot is backwards there. I guess the way they designed it was to get it in there and they sort of made it backwards to Route 8. I mean, to, uh, to Main Street, which is, which is unusual. But uh, that whole thing was Home Depot went in and cut stuff down because they said they were trying to call the uh, former building inspector who never got back to him. And he's since quit and yada, yada, yada. But they have an update on the previously approved site plan application to remove and replace trees along Main Street. So that is coming up. Monday and Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, the stories you read the most this week, meaning last week, because I'm recording this on Friday. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Fifth most read was form, former Danbury journalist and the mayor of Danbury, former mayor of Danbury, react to the Netflix Trashers documentary. Uh, Snapchat threat put two Derby schools in precautionary lockdown Tuesday. Third most read. Derby student uh, was charged with posting a threatening video on Snapchat. Number two, state police need the public's health, health help with a Route 8 road rage incident. And the most read story last week was two new eateries open in downtown and Sonia. That was the most read story by a wide margin. People like reading about uh, economic development. So anyway, I am Eugene Driscoll. That's my story. I'm sticking with it. Thank you very much for reading the Valley Independent Sentinel and uh, I'll see you soon.